episode 24, and first year in our lives that French Open is after the U.S. Open. Before we begin, since I've been, I haven't been watching much tennis generally, and I also missed the U.S. Open episode, I still got some things I want to get off my chest before we uh, we move on to Novak Rafa preview. You down? Go on. Okay. So, U.S. Open. Um, just generally, I thought the U.S. Open missed the entire moment with its whole curation of the the tournament from start to finish. They're playing these matches in Arthur Ashe, which is already like too big of a stadium when there are fans. And then they have like, you know, two people playing on a court. A tennis ball is a very small object and it's totally empty. Just bizarre. Adds to this like bleakness. They've got the NYPD and the um, New York Fire Department flags in the stands, which was like politically kind of weird. The fan cam was dreadful. And I just think they should have seen it as like, the vibe should have been the best futures tournament you could possibly have. And like, as a reference, I think that stadium at Cary Leeds would have been ideal or even court 17 at the US Open, but like really small where it's just like family and who's ever in these players, like, you know, they're kind of bubble. So I thought that was really disappointing. Uh, also, I know USTA probably has been dealing with some it's been a tough year for them so you know i'm not trying to be too hard but i just thought it was no no mate, mate. criticize criticize I, maybe you compare the whole thing the whole reference point is what the nba has done which is like they bring all these players into a bubble they test them every day they probably pushed science along as far as testing goes with coronavirus because of how much testing they were doing and like how adamant they were about having a lot of testing it's in this small arena it kind of feels like pickup and then you have tennis, the U.S. Open, playing on Arthur Ashe with zero fans. It was just a, I thought it was just felt bleak. It added to the general uh, sort of, you know, apocalyptic 2020, whatever is in the zeitgeist. So then what happens is all these players drop out. Novak Djokovic nails a lines judge in the neck. Not a good look. Gets kicked out as he probably should. And... You have a uh, a draw that makes the whole tournament even more of an asterisk to whoever's going to win this Grand Slam. And then Dominic Team, so Dominic Team ends up winning the U.S. Open. I thought the only person that it was a could be a legitimate Grand Slam victory for was Zverev, because Zverev for the last four years has been playing against himself essentially. And since he won, what year did he win the uh, World Tour Finals? Twenty eighteen. So since that, it was like okay, this guy's good enough to beat the best players in the world. Um, he serving did, he did, he did win two Masters in 2017. Mm-hmm. But I feel like World Tour Finals is like a yeah, yeah. like yeah. A, hey, this dude. This dude's as good as anyone. He can he can win a tournament with the best eight or ten players in the world, right? And so then he uh, he has these weird few years. Starts serving second serves at like 60 miles an hour, which is clearly like this combination of like mental and technical things going on. That I don't know how you get over that if you're his coach. But he makes it to a final. And I think if he wins that final, it's a legit victory for him. Because for him, he's he's this is more of a mental issue than beating the best players in the world. But for Dominic Team, Dominic Team has gotten to many Grand Slam finals in the last several years and just loses to Rafa or, or or like a big semifinal, plays like hits the crap out of the ball, goes five sets, sweats more than anyone has ever sweated in their lives. Um, like he's does he go do we know how many shirts he's going through? I'm going four or five. Four or five. Uh, and, okay, 
And then, oh, remind me to talk about Dominic Team's brother for a second too, because I want to add that Moritz. in. Moritz. Moritz. So, okay. So, um, Moritz Team, friend of the pod, uh, also has been translating all our episodes into German. Um, this is true. <laughs> like a, like, like Vien- Viennese German. Um, okay, so we go to uh, Dominic Team consistently losing to like the big three in these in these grand slams gets the final beats Zverev Zverev chokes I don't really think it's a real grand like okay he gets he gets a purse he has a trophy but in terms of like for his professional development he hasn't really achieved anything new right do you guys agree with that agree or disagree what about what about the uh, the opposite take where like um Dominic team is quite a deserving champion given how how well he's done recently but if Sasha had won <laughs> that would have delegitimized the whole event <laughs> that is the uh, that's the challenge <laughs> I, 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 I stand by what I said though like I think he I think for Zverev if he makes it if he wins a final it's a huge it's just such a big mental victory for him Kabir and otherwise, I'm going to keep going in with my rant, which is going to degenerate into like a QAnon cons- conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'd like you to keep going. Yeah, that, right. that, that, that's what we're uh, hoping for. Okay, so <laughs> so just to the final part, I'll say this is at the end of the tournament, it's already so weird. Like I said, just like you have no one in the stands. It's dark. It's been a weird year for New York. U.S. Open does not live up to the moment in my esti- by my estimation my modest estimation. And then you have Dominic Team's brother Skype in at the end of the, the <laughs> tournament when he gets the trophy and they speak in German to each other with no translation. So he <laughs> just like you're if you're watching from you know like Germans will, right I, I'm not wrong when I they're speaking German, right? In Austria. No, you're, you're right, right. Official language is German. You're right. You're right, right. right. I just didn't want to butcher that. But so he gets on and they just talk to each other in German, nothing against speaking German, but like, I feel like it. At least there should have been like some English translation. Like you couldn't participate in the moment at all. And it wasn't. Wait, that's classic. Like, that's hey, classic U.S. Open. Can you tell us a little something to your fans back home. And he like switches for a second. It was just like they were just talking. It was like if I FaceTime my brother. And so I just thought that was like the culmination of the weirdest Grand Slam tournament ever. I was going to say at least uh, that was better in 2009 uh, when Del Potro won. And in his uh, victory speech, he asked like the USDA guy, can I say a few words in Spanish for the people back home? And he's just like, nah, mate. Did that happen? Yeah. I think with Del Potro, he has so many Spanish-speaking fans in New York too. So like you're – it it's it just feels much more connected. Okay, so here we are. French Open happens in September. Uh, most of like the draw is strong, right? I'm. I was all I. I would. It would to me. It would have been like the one of the greatest achievements of myself as a tennis fan if Diego Schwartzman could have won this tournament. So can we just start there, Asher? Like Diego and Rafa, that match. Any thoughts? Uh, well, just Did just before then the. The the Diego team match was like unreal. Um, they were like just swinging as hard as they can for like more than five hours. Uh, and and team was physically done. So this guy who's um, who's 
maybe after Rafa, the most physical guy on tour. In fact, given Rafa's age now, he might be the most physical. He was like, at the end of the match, yeah, I was done. Uh, <laughs> I was physically over the limit. So um, pretty impressive for Diego to come through that, firstly. Uh, against Rafa, he played really well. Um, it's just that his serve is, he just doesn't get any free points on the serve. So he just got broken too often. From the back, they were pretty much even. Um, Great points. First game, what, 14 minutes? Yeah, first game was 14 minutes. Second game was like seven minutes. Uh, Diego, yeah, definitely definitely cheeky ball. I think, is he, is he, is he, uh, as a, is is it our formal like policy to have Diego as our favorite player now? Uh, is that is that on the? <laughs> yeah, and actually, we, sorry, we've spoken about this before. But sorry, can we go? Diego Schwartzman is definitely one of the greatest ball strikers of all time. I just don't. There's like it'd be. It's so hard for me to cheer against him. He's smaller. He's just so undersized. His stroke so explosive, unreal. incredible technique. Yeah, incredible. So explosive. May he changes the way he changes direction too. Amazing, stepping inside the court against players that are much taller than him. I think I think Sick. for like the for the Sick casual guy. fan, it's um, you you can't emphasize enough how much how how hard it is to hit every single shot at like shoulder level, and he's pretty mm-hmm. much hitting every single shot like at his shoulder, above his shoulder, and with with like pace and accuracy. Um, so yeah, un- unreal ground strokes. Okay, so then the uh, Rafa makes it through. What about on Novak's side? Any thoughts, Tsitsipas? Did he have a shot? It was a long match. You guys watch it? Made weird match. Watched the first, what, set and a half, two sets. Well, I think he... You think when Tsitsipas got off the court, he was like, weird match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. What what was the like? What are the main storylines that match to you? Well, I think when Novak should have just won it in four. I think Sitsipas played really well. No, Novak played really well as well. Um, Sitsipas really great athlete, like six four. The, the courts uh, are so slow that it's hard to hit through him. But Novak played really well, really aggressive. Um, third set, he served for the set, but then Sitsipas played really well. Novak got a bit tight um, in the fourth. In the fourth set, Novak. I think he was like one of 12 of break points. So I think he should have just like finished it in four. Um, and then Sitsipas somehow takes it. So it like, I think the, if you play this match like a hundred times, it'd probably just be Novak in four and Sitsipas played really well, but was kind of never going to win. That's, that's how I felt about it. Kabir. That's a good take. No, I agree. It should have been, he should have won that in four credit to Sitsipas. It did look like it was going to be a straight set beat down. The one thing that's still... But, but the, the straight sets would have been... Um, uh, sorry, I was just going to say, the straight sets would have been a bit unfair on Tsitsipas given how well uh, he played. Yeah, Especially definitely. in sets two and three. What about where does... Has Tsitsipas made any progress in the last three years? Uh, I would say three years, definitely. I think more we're looking at the last like 14 months, 15 months. Where do you, where do you see his stand on his development trajectory? If you're working with Moritoglu at his academy and you're like, what are we, you're talking about Poprin's growth chart, Tsitsipas's growth chart. <laughs> I mean, he's better than Zverev, but he's almost where we felt Zverev was two years ago, where he'd only get to the next level when he, be, when, when he wins a slam. But, well, this, this, think, was, this was his first semi though, which is, um, which is, which is did, progress. Didn't he, do, 
didn't he do semis of Australia last sorry, year? Sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry, that's right. This this wasn't his first semis. Yeah, he got he did semis of Australia and he got absolutely mauled by uh, Rafa. I think he won like four, <laughs> yeah. four games or something. So taking Novak to five, oh, great, eight. great run, right? Semi, yeah, of... beat, beat Federer, beat beat our guy Bacala, um, Robbie Bat, Bacala, <laughs> Robbie Bat, dude, what a guy. Uh, but I think I think French Open was a solid solid performance. I think. What we we actually wanted to see him go deep in the U.S. Open, given how open the field became. So he he's going to be pretty steaming. Um, I think given that Sasha made the final, especially because I think given Novak was out, Sitsipas, I think he 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 would have expected himself to win. Okay. On the subject of how much progress he's made, how do you feel about Medvedev, where he is right now? To lose his first round, which I called Fuksovic's over him. Pretty happy about that. <laughs> Who did he lose to U.S. Open? A team in the semis. Really, really good match. I think it was like, okay, so, yeah, very close. I mean, isn't he more or less the same spot where... I think with all no the guys, how- it, it's a bit of a TBD, right? Given how weird the season was, because we didn't get to see like the tournaments in, in their regular slots or, or the U.S. Open series run up or like Indian Wells, Miami. So it's hard to Other see if, if they've made any like uh, technical progression. And Med wasn't playing in any of those like uh, UT. What was it? The Ultimate Tennis Showdown or whatever. <laughs> no, definitely not his vibe. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> so I feel like Tsitsipas yeah. maybe is a little more in rhythm, but it's hard to. It's hard to. Ju- I think it's hard to judge Medvedev because his last year was great. This year is kind of a wash. But Tsitsipas yeah. has kind of been doing the same thing for the last two years. Yeah. Hmm. Now, what about? Here. Can we just talk about before we get into the Novak Rafa um, preview? Just Novak's year has has just gotten weirder, but he's also seemingly unaffected by it. So he he has the COVID tournament. He holds a tournament in the Adriatic Tour. A lot of the players get COVID. He kind of he's like known to be an anti-vaxxer, so it's an extra weird look. His dad was like angry at you know. He blamed Grigor. They blamed Dimitrov. Um, just generally a. Uh, Kind of not, you know, you don't want to hold a tennis tournament and then have all the players get COVID, especially when you're like, there's all these image of you guys like getting really close to each other and then goes, decides to go to the U.S. Open. A lot, you know, the big, the other Fed and Rafa are out. Novak goes to the U.S. Open, um, probably takes, you know, it's a big, it's a big deal to travel right now. I'm sure there's a lot of things he has to coordinate, especially with how meticulous he is about his like diet and physio and, and all that stuff. And then he goes and uh, gets disqualified from the tournament. And then as soon as it's over, you think he's going to get like dark and weird. He just wins. uh, He won the first um, Rome. He won Rome. What a response, right? What yeah, a response! By, by the way, you, you forgot you forgot to add to the to his year that he set like on the on the eve of the U.S. Open, he 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 decided to set up like a breakaway union. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, with with, with Vasek Pospisil of all people. Yep, man of the people, man. <laughs> and then he he starts this players' union, but as soon as anyways, he has the weird U.S. Open. You think maybe it affects his tennis, and then he just goes and wins Rome, and now he's in the French Open final. It's like nothing's ever happened. Mate, unreal. Yeah. Shows just how he's meant. I, there's been times where he seems mentally like he's off, a little off, but mentally it's just on another level competing. He's not. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's as, as, good he's, uh, as good as ever right now. What have you guys Asher thought? Asher has said 
During Asher has said many times that Joker is mentally weak. Yeah, I think uh, I have a, I have a different like no, as in yes, I agree with that. I think he's mentally weak, but his uh, his game is just um, uh, just like unbelievable, right? No no weaknesses from the back. I I don't know anyone um, in the last like well, since I've been watching tennis um, who is just as good from the back uh, as Novak. I I would say he's not mentally weak. I would say he's mentally erratic. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because he sometimes he seems like he's mentally, I think, tough. But then he'll just have these lapses where you're like, wait, what just happened for those two games or something? Yeah, that's true. And also, he had he had like one and a half years, um, I think, from 17 to to the middle of 18, where he he became like a top 10 player instead of <laughs> instead, and he he wasn't like making any finals or it was just pretty bizarre. But you know, in terms of being erratic, I've noticed this with not only Djokovic but. Federer and team Nadal to a lesser extent, but when they're off, they're really off. Right, as soon as they get out of the zone, they're incredibly out. Like team misses huge. Federer, what game breaks down? Djokovic starts almost like what tanking points, right? Embellishing the fact that he's losing balance, going for a lot of drop shots, slice left hand moves out really back like he's you know really struggling to control the ball i don't know i don't know what happens yeah yeah team, team i don't def- think he's weak at all he's he's <laughs> formidable but erratic all right so let's let's preview this match then well, well, wait one more question okay mate where is curios <laughs> why is he not playing he's playing video games dude wait does he does he so it's he's either injured he no, doesn't I, I want to travel because of. I thought he just doesn't want to participate in the. So is it because of COVID, or he just does? He's not down to compete, and he's using COVID as the I reason. I think he thinks this year is too hysterical, and he just yeah, he doesn't want to deal with any of it. That's the yeah, impression he, I've got. Any, he, anyone he, have more intel he than thinks that? he he thinks the the people who are organizing and playing in these tournaments are absolute pelicans. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair play. So, All right, so this is the 56th time the Joker and Nadal are playing. What's the head Joker, to head? 29, Joker, Nadal, 26. What about, do we have a clay head to head? I think can. it's like, I think it's like two to one. I think it's like 14-7 to, to Rafa. But, but I think the, the first 18 were, were like, um, 14-4 Rafa, and then after that, it's been um, 26-12 Novak. So I think in the in I basically I think since post gluten or like since since Novak basically became a went to world number one, had his amazing year. It's like he's he's heavily dominated the the rivalry. And quick tangent: so in in cheeky volley, post gluten is our benchmark for most conversations. <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, so if novak if we're talking recency bias novak has has the has the mental edge yeah yeah but i th- i think but what's uh what's more important than the mental edge is just that um the game edge i just think that like providing there's no physical issues is just very hard for me to see Rafa beating him, especially on courts, uh, especially on these courts, the way they're playing, because these aren't the the traditional French open courts, right? Because it's, it's pretty cold. So it's really slow, really heavy. And I think, um, I think one of the mistakes that people have 
sort of made when sort of um, thinking about Rafa's dominance on clay is that it's not it's not the slowness that helps him. It's it's the spin, right? And when conditions are really slow and really heavy, the ball isn't spinning as much, and so that takes away the biggest um, strength that he has with his ground strokes. That's a good point. How do you feel? So, two questions on that. One, you know, how relevant is the ball change this year from what Babalat to Wilson, right? Yeah, the the, the player the players have all said that the ball is a lot slower as well. So that's just added to the heaviness of the conditions, like along with the fact that it's um, it's like colder and wetter uh, in October. Do you know the conspiracy theory? <laughs> no, what is it? The conspiracy theory is that Wilson has stepped in uh, and changed the ball to you know the heavier ball to prevent Nadal from winning his twentieth <laughs> slam because they <laughs> the obviously uh, you know endorsed Federer who has the the record twenty. So that's a, that's a cheeky conspiracy theory. The other the other question is what about the roof? How do you feel about this match if the roof is closed? Advantage Djokovic? Uh, yeah, definitely advantage Djokovic. Um, huge advantage, right? I mean, maybe huge, not huge, huge but yeah. you know, significant enough that I think it would have Yeah, definitely. Would have I, I, I think like because the, the match in which Novak really struggled was uh, against um, Karenio Busta, uh, which was in really windy conditions. I think even though even Rafa struggled a bit in the wind, but his game is just better suited um to sort of these uh, extreme conditions because he, he gives it so much height over the net and he kind of doesn't get mentally affected by them <laughs> while Novak starts like uh, playing those off-balance shots and then starts complaining and stuff. So in summary, you're, you're basically, you're, ex- you're expecting Joker to out-hit Nadal, basically be able to hit through him consistently, whether this is an indoor and outdoor match. Yeah, yeah, just just out- outmaneuver him um out hit him uh maybe rafa comes out with a completely different strategy but based on like all the strategies that rafa's bought out like in the last um couple of years especially i don't see how rafa can um can beat him scoreline hmm i think i think novak either in sort of like a tight three or like a comfortable four mate a tight three we think it's seven six seven six six four Oh yeah, like or like a yeah, seven, six four seven six six four something like that. Um, well, I don't know, dude. That's a big. Mate, mate, I'm thinking this is a clear five setter. Five. Let's, let's take. I um, think I'm wrong. No matter what, a- Rafa knows that he's later in his career. He has the chance to tie Fed for all time Grand Slams, right? Yeah. So he's playing for a lot, and it's it's his turf. What about? Can we just do a quick recap of where we are in the? The career Grand Slam numbers. We got Fed at 20. Rafa 19, Rafa 19 and Novak 17. Novak. Novak 17. So we'd have a, if Novak gets it, we'd have a nice 18, 19, 20. Yeah. Djokovic did say what he's playing for right now is two main goals are beating Fed's record for number of slams and most weeks at number one. Definitely clips him, I think, in weeks at number one. If Novak doesn't get DQ'd, he could have done it this year. Which is crazy. He could have like, or you know, really set himself up. I think historically, you know, he probably wins a number more grand, or a few more Grand Slams. But I don't. It's not like a. I feel like you can't say it's guaranteed that he wins three more Slams, right? 
or do you think it is a game? Agree. Okay. I think that's that, that historically that's why that U.S. Open um, loop was a was a big deal. So this is or, this is a hard one for me to call. My gut says Joker in five. If if Rafa wins, what does this mean? For, oh, what does this mean in terms of uh, goat discussion? Does it change anything? Good question. So, Asher, you've been pretty vocal about this for, <laughs> for weeks now. So we, could, we should definitely do a two-part episode. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, so yeah, we 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 covered the the whole discussion in depth after uh, the final. But for me personally, um, I don't think it changes it yet. Uh, to me, to me personally, I think the go discussions between Federer and Djokovic. Uh, yeah, so so I, I like unless unless Rafa gets like twenty two or twenty three, um, and if those other twenty two or twenty three are like uh, at the uh, at non clay majors, um, I don't think it, I don't think I personally don't think it changes the goat discussion. But if um, if Novak wins, then it it gets him on the on the path um, pretty quickly to get past Roger. So you're saying just because Sampras only won one clay court tournament, <laughs> he's not in the goat discussion. <laughs> that, that's correct. No, I, I I agree. Um, I, I I don't I don't think he's in discussion. But as in he's he's in the broad discussion. He's not in the um... yeah, yeah no no not 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 the top three. Yeah, yeah. Because as as um, as you just mentioned, which which I, I'm surprised that Novak actually came out and said that weeks at number one is one of his main goals. I think Rafa is is way behind. Um, in terms of that, where does Novak stand for weeks at number one? I think he's pretty close now. I think he's maybe twenty weeks away, thirty weeks away. Yep. Any other major keys to this match that you're you're thinking about, or what about Asher? Can you talk about betting because it sounded like the betting line was interesting. Yeah. So in in the betting markets, Rafa is basically a sixty percent favorite. Um, and I don't think he should be, um, actually our friend, Chris, who used to play on the future store, just, I, I just told him that. And his reply was, that's factually incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Why did they come up with that number? How do you think they come up with that number? So obviously Rafa has won 12 French opens, right? And Novak's won one. Um, and then everyone just assumes that Rafa's going to win based on the fact that, um, based on that fact, without realizing that sort of the court is not the same uh, as it was for the other uh, the other 12. And, and the ball is actually different as well. I'd like to see this final played under the roof. Well, un- under the roof, then I think Novak becomes an 80% favorite. Uh, it just becomes even tougher for Rafa. Um, it's serious odds. I think... I- and just one moment. So Federer, weeks at number one, 310. Joker is at 287. So he's okay. 23 weeks away. Seems probable. Yeah, seems seems very likely, right? Uh, I, um, I think... How do you feel about that? When they count weeks, does that include off-season weeks? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. Because those are just additional weeks when you've been number one, right? You're just kind of gifted like... There's a, how many, what, there's like. So I think the tennis year is 47 weeks or 48. Weeks. Yeah. So you, you're gifted the five weeks. For five weeks. Wait, should we come up with our own revised ranking? <laughs> you back out. 
the gifted weeks. It's an interesting thought, dude. What if, because what if you become number one? Like, there's a certain time of the year where you can maximize your weeks. Yeah, like Gustavo Curtin in uh, in 2000, I think he became world number one right at the end. So he uh, he definitely maximized his weeks. Well, Roddick did that too, right? Because Roddick won that US Open and then... Yeah, he became world number one late as well. In terms of maximizing your weeks at number one, was Brett doing this type of calculus during the juniors? <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe taking, taking the whole family on a holiday during Labor Day to play, to play Super Series? Pretty <laughs> good. Going to a beach in Rhode Island. <laughs> All right. Anything else we want to touch on? All right. Well, what do you, well yeah, let's go to the Curios Corner for a minute. Asher, what about the, the banter between Curios and uh, Kachanov? Uh, yeah, I, I, think, um, I think that was amazing. And then we should also record a separate uh, one-minute segment of... <laughs> of uh of of two of us uh just reading that out uh <laughs> reading out the tweets aloud because it, it was what it was, was pretty funny i think oh yeah so, yeah so, so so the banner was that matt willander um basically said that andy murray should shouldn't play on tour anymore or shouldn't use wild cards because he's washed and that he should let the younger players take the wild cards and then Kyrgios uh, attacked Mats Willander, and then uh, Kashinov told Kyrgios he was, he was disrespectful. But the, the funny part about it, Kachanov steps in and is like, hey, like, you know, it's your call, but I think he deserves a bit more respect. Kyrgios' logic for, for, for engaging in this was that anytime someone comes at my own, I'm going to go at them, <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, <laughs> Also, fact. I feel like you're, sorry. You're saying Kachanov. Where did Kachanov stand? Kachanov was basically saying like, "Yo, Nick, Matt's probably deserves a bit more respect." And then Kira said, "You know, what does he deserve respect for? Just getting a ball over a net." But mate, he won seven Grand Slams. Seven Grand Slams. Thirty-three titles. World number one. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time. That doesn't mean that um, you can't be attacked for a take, right? No, no, no definitely, definitely. Yeah, the curious logic. You know, Boris Becker's won Grand Slams. He's had some pretty weird takes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, when are we doing part three of the Grigor episode? Grigor part three. <laughs> who did who did Grigor lose lose to in this tournament? Sitsipas. Yeah, straight sets. It looks it, it, career sort of over. Yeah, it looks it looks done. Hope he, <laughs> yeah, he'll, be like, he'll be doing good practice sessions pre Grand Slams for a while, but I feel like his career's kind of done. Yeah, he. I feel like his ranking is stuck between, you know, eight spots for the next several years. The thing with Grigor is his his career really starts when he quits tennis and gets into politics when he's at the. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. All right, so after you're going Joker and three, Alex, what are you saying? The Dolan five. Novak in four. Oh, fun. Sorry, I'm going Novak in five. I like that. Is anyone anyone else throwing a wager down besides uh, Mr. Jelani? Nah. Any, any chance Brett, uh, do we know anything we, we about that? We could do a collective cheeky volley bet. Maybe have bet place it in Euros. <laughs> Let's do it. All, All right. right, mates. Cheeky volley, episode 24, French Open final preview. 
and it is October 2020. Cheers. Take care. All right, mate. Peace. All right, mate. See you, mate.